0: Hey, Go Beyond listeners, Taylor and I recorded these episodes with Fidelity Charitable earlier this year and had published the first episode in the series before COVID-19 came through and upended pretty much everything. We wanted to return to the series now that some modicum of normalcy looks to be on the horizon. Donor advised funds are looking to be a really key giving channel moving forward. So we didn't want you to miss out.
1: The world around us is changing rapidly and your job as a fundraiser or nonprofit marketer is evolving with it. We're pursuant. We're built by fundraisers for fundraisers and we've been in your shoes. So we want to bring you tips and tools that you can use to meet you where you are in your current reality and help you go beyond to where you really want to go. You're tuned in to a pursuant listening experience.
0: Does your nonprofit have a strategy for engaging donor-advised fund donors? If you don't, you're not alone. Many nonprofits overlook this growing sector of givers. That's why we teamed up with experts at Fidelity Charitable to bring you the third installment of this three-part series on donor-advised funds. In this episode, Amy Perozzolo, head of donor and nonprofit engagement, lays out six ways to incorporate donor-advised funds into your fundraising program.
1: So we are here today with Amy Hello. Amy, you are the head of marketing at Fidelity Charitable. And we've been talking with some of your team members about the background of donor advised funds, what kind of donor gives to a donor advised fund. And now we're here to talk to you about how and why nonprofits should be engaging with donor advised funds. So you've got six tips for us, and we're going to go through those tips today. But let's kick it off with a story that you were telling Leah and I before we hit that record button. You've got a really good story about a practical application of donor-advised funds and nonprofits.
2: Yeah, that's right. So donor-advised funds, uh, as the name implies, is that you, the donor, can contribute money to Fidelity Charitable or another provider. And you then are the advisor on the fund, and you advise us how you would like that money invested, Or you can begin granting that money out immediately, and you also advise us on which charities you would like that money to go out to. But I think the beauty of donor advised funds is the fact that they have a multiplying effect on your giving. And what I mean by that is the story of Dan and Jill Francis, who are two of our donors. They support a preschool in Ohio, and over their lifetime, Dan and Jill have helped educate or give a preschool education to low-income children, 743 low-income children. Now, that's 79 more children than they would have been able to educate as a result of their donor-advised fund. And that's because over the course of their lifetime, their donor-advised fund had $170,000 more in it as a result of giving appreciated securities and as a result of the investment income that they earned in their portfolio. So that's $170,000 extra that they had to give to this nonprofit in Ohio educating preschool children. And that translates to 79 more children educated than they would have been able to do. And so I just think that's an awesome story because it really helps donors understand why you would use a donor advised fund and kind of how it can help have a multiplication effect on your giving and really amplify your impact.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's a great story because we often talk about ways to amplify the giving by matching gifts and things like that, but we're maybe not thinking about how the money can grow when it's in a fund like this. So I think that's a great story and I'm really glad that you shared it. The book's a very practical application of donor advice funds into into our minds. So let's get started, Amy, with the six tips. What's your first tip for us today?
2: Yeah, well, the the first tip is really making sure that as a nonprofit, you recognize who these donors are and flag and tag them in your system. 97% of the 1.5 million grants that we sent out last year had the name of the donor giving account on it, and typically the name and the address. And so, as a nonprofit, you really want to make sure that you're not just reading on the check or the electronic funds transfer that came from Fidelity Charitable, but you're taking that extra step to say, but what donor at Fidelity Charitable in this case? We often get thank you notes from nonprofits, and the thank you note shouldn't come to us. The thank you note should go to that donor whenever possible. And so really recognizing who these people are that are giving to you through donor-advised funds and flagging them in your system.
0: Hey, Amy, this is Leah here chiming in. Before we move on to your second tip, a question that kind of sparked for me about this is that it seems like nonprofits are not as used to incorporating donor-advised funds in their thank you and their stewardship strategies, or rather donors who give to donor advised funds. And so I'm wondering, do you have a tip in one of your six tips about how nonprofits can incorporate checking that letter to look for the actual donor and some of those things that they should keep, that they should be keeping in mind with the consideration that donor advised funds is a growing channel that a lot of people are choosing to give through?
2: Yeah, well, when I speak to nonprofits, I say all the time, If you can see that this donor is giving to you through a donor-advised fund, you really want to put them at the top of your list for stewardship and engagement. And the reason is, if they're giving through a donor-advised fund, they have irrevocably put money in an account for charity. It cannot go anywhere else but to charity. And so if you invite them in, engage them, and help them understand your mission, the work you're doing, you're more likely to get a repeat gift from them because, again, they've already kind of put that money aside for charity and earmarked it for charity. I'll give you a a real quick example here. Um, We have a donor by the name of Michael Bradley. He heard about um, an organization called Boston Healthcare for the Homeless just driving in his car one day through, I think, a piece that NPR had done on this nonprofit. He made a gift out of his donor advised fund to the Boston Healthcare for the Homeless they recognized that, they reached out to him to thank him and invited him in for a tour. He got very engaged and even more excited about the work that they're doing and he is now a long-standing supporter and donor for the Boston Healthcare for the Homeless. So I think that's a perfect example of He was spurred by this story he heard on the radio. It could have been a one-time thing, but they were really smart about reaching out to him and engaging him and helping him learn more so he became a long-term supporter. And so I absolutely think all nonprofits ought to be doing that same sort
1: of activity and engagement
2: with donor-advised fund donors.
1: Okay, that's a really good tip. So let's get on to your third tip. What do you got next for us?
2: Yeah, so the third thing is that we really encourage nonprofits to... Make note of and encourage their donors to use the features of the Donor Advice Fund account that could benefit them. And what I mean by that is really two things. The first is most Donor Advice Fund providers have the opportunity for donors to set reoccurring grants. And what I mean by that is if I want to give a grant once a year to my local animal shelter, I can do that, and I can go into my account and do that transaction every year, but I can also say, you know what, every year in June, I want to make a donation, and I can set it as a reoccurring grant and kind of set it and forget it. And 26% of our grants that went out the door last year were done through kind of this reoccurring functionality. And so I really encourage nonprofits to remind donors that, you can set a reoccurring grant to us and make it simple and easy to continue your support. The other thing that a lot of nonprofits don't realize is that donors can actually list a nonprofit as the successor on their account. And so I have a great example of that where a school out in Montana actually put in their newsletter, we prayerfully request that you consider listing our organization as you know, the successor in your donor advised fund account. Now, clearly they sent that to donors who they knew were using a donor advised fund account to give to them. And they called me after they put that in place in their newsletter. And the head of their development was, she was like giggling. She's like, Amy, it worked. She said, I actually had a woman call me today to say, I want to do that. How do I do that? I want to list you as my successor on my donor advised fund account. And so we really encourage donor advice fund donors, about 42% of them will tell us that they either have a bequest or plan to name a successor. They're very planful. And so they're more likely to be thinking about what should happen to this um, money when I'm gone. Um, And so we really encourage nonprofits to gently remind donors that if they are very passionate about you and your organization, that they can always name the organization um, to be the successor on their account. So I think using the account features that are part of the DAF and reminding the donor that they can use those, particularly as they would benefit your nonprofit organization is really important. The fourth tip is making sure that you are integrating DAFs into all of your marketing material. And what I mean by that is whether it is written material you're sending out or online, um, particularly at your checkout, I find many nonprofits, I go to their kind of checkout part of their website and they have give with cash or give with check, give with credit card, give with PayPal, but they're not listing you can give with your donor advised fund account. And you really want to call that out because somebody may be planning to make a $50 contribution to you by check or by credit card, but if they remember and recognize and you're telling them you can give to us through a donor advised fund, they might write a check or or send you $500 out of their donor advised fund account. Because again, they've set this money aside irrevocably for charity. So you want to make sure that you're being really clear that giving through a DAF is one way they can support you. And we've tried for nonprofits to make that even easier um, by creating this thing we call DAF Direct. DAF Direct is a widget, and it is designed um, to go on your website. Not only can you call out that you can give through a donor advised fund, but if you click on it, you can very simply state there's a menu. And if I were the donor and I were at your website and you had this DAF Direct link on your website, I could say, my account is with Fidelity Charitable. From there, it would take me to my login page. Once I log into my account, it would automatically populate the name and the tax ID number of that nonprofit into my grant workflow. And so I, as a donor, no longer have to guess, ooh, was it The homeless shelter of XYZ, do I have the right name of the organization, do I have the right tax ID number, it's automatically populated. Then all I have to do is fill in that I want it to be a $50, $100, a $500 grant, and click end, and it goes. And so that's a really nice way to make it a very simple, streamlined experience for donors who want to support you through their donor advised fund account.
0: Hey there, if you're enjoying this episode, feel free to head over to pursuant.com backslash podcast resources to grab our latest free fundraising resources. We update the page weekly, so be sure to check back regularly to get free fundraising eBooks, webinars, and other resources designed with fundraisers like you in mind.
1: So I've heard a few things in, already in your tips that you've given us. And like a core theme that I'm hearing is making it easy to give, which is something that we're really passionate about. And I like that there are all of these really easy ways to give through a donor advice fund that I think just the perception of them is that we talked about this a little bit in the last episode where we were sitting down with Karen, the perception of it being something that's not really available to a larger audience, but she dispelled that myth for us. And now you're giving us all of this information about how it's also really really easy to incorporate into your nonprofit's website and it's really easy for the donor to give. So that's awesome. Let's get into 5 and 6. Wrap it up with us. Amy, let us know what are your what are your last couple of tips for us cuz so far these have been fantastic.
2: Good. And you're 100% right. You know, I think it's for a nonprofit it's making it easy for your donor, but I think it's also to your point about myths, dispelling that myth that these are your donors and you should be reaching out to and engaging them, right? I actually had several years ago when I started in this role, a very senior person at a very large nonprofit, you know, look at me and say, so we can call these donors, we can talk to them. And I'm like, yes, you absolutely should be. And so I hope these tips are really helpful in terms of how to do that and some of the best practices that frankly, we've come up with, but also a lot of nonprofits have told us they're doing as a smart way to engage these donors. So the fifth tip is helping us get the funds faster to the nonprofit. And here I always tell nonprofits two things. One is I just talked about, you know, what that drop-down menu looks like when you're in Fidelity Charitable or another donor advised fund. I can't speak to other donor advised funds, but at Fidelity Charitable, we're taking a monthly feed from the IRS. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that However, you are marketing yourself to your donors, that that is how you are listed with the IRS. You know, often there are different names on the IRS form than there are in your marketing materials, and you want to make sure those match so that when the donor goes into our system, they can find your name. Again, an even better thing to do is make sure you're using that DAF Direct tool. And by the way, you can go to DAFDirect.org to learn more about that tool and to download it and get the instructions about how to, how to integrate it into your fundraising. The second tip, though, around getting the funds to you faster, first, let's make sure we've got the IRS information right with the IRS. And then the second is making sure you're signing up for electronic funds transfer. So I'm not sure all donor advised funds can do this. I think we might be the few, if not the only, but we really try to transfer those funds electronically versus sending a paper check. Because what that means is rather than a seven to 10 day wait, The nonprofit can get that money 24, 48 hours almost immediately, and then you can thank the donor within days of them making that grant. And so that is really, really important. And of course, everybody these days is trying to be green and cut down on paper too, right? So the last tip is making sure that you are telling your story the right way. And again, nonprofits could go to our website. We have a whole program for donors that's called Boost Your Giving IQ. Within that program, it helps donors think about how to write a mission state, how to evaluate charities. And we have a list of nine questions to ask nonprofits that you're evaluating. And so we always tell nonprofits, here's what we're telling donors to ask you, make sure that as you're telling your story, you're answering those same nine questions, whether it be in marketing materials or whether, like Mike Bradley, you're bringing a donor in for a site visit. Our donors may actually be asking some of those same questions, and so you want to be sure that you're putting your best foot forward and can tell your story in the best way. That's really it. Six simple tips, but I think they're all super powerful to help nonprofits uh, really engage these donors and make this an important part of their fundraising strategy.
1: Awesome. Well, I think there are a lot of really good tips. And this whole series has come together very nicely because we, we started with Elaine and we got an, an overview and a background on donor advice funds. And then we we landed with Karen and talked to her about like the makeup and the profile of a donor advice fund donor. And now we rounded it out with you talking about like how nonprofits can best leverage these and how they can get more engaged. And you actually said something again. And another thing that I think many of us just aren't aware of is, you know, you told the staff like, no, you can reach out to this donor. It's okay. And you should. And I think that that is often another misconception. And so I think that was really great that you just called that out and spelled it out for what you actually recommend for nonprofits. Because I think a lot of them probably don't know how to engage with donor advice funds. So this has been incredibly helpful, Amy. Good. Well, we are happy to share the tips. And just to reiterate that website, if you're interested in Direct, I've already pulled it up on my computer. It's dafdirect.org. And Amy, if people want to get in touch with you more and and stay connected, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn or my direct email address is amyamy.org. Pirozolo, P-I-R-O-Z-Z-O-L-O, F-M-R.com, like Frank Mary Roger, F-M-R.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's been a pleasure. And uh, really, we appreciate all of your insights from you and your team and putting together the whole series with us has just been pretty fascinating. So thank you.
2: Thank you. Really appreciate uh, the time you've spent with us.
1: Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in with us. Be sure to check out all of the latest and greatest Pursuant resources at Pursuant.com or drop us a line at info at